0: BFBS Radio Two Sitrep with Christopher Lee. Hello there. Yes, I'm Christopher Lee, and this is Sitrep on BFPS Radio Two. The time, four thirty in Central London. Welcome to the Sitrep Roundtable. For the next thirty minutes, we're talking cyber warfare. Is it the future? Is it now? What is it? What can it do? Who does it? Where do we go from here? Could cyber warriors really turn off all the military comms and computers and literally bring a major operation crashing to chaos? Who could and who does hack into even the most closely guarded comms? Or is it nothing more than the latest form of EW and ECM, something that's been around for half a century with me at the SET Rep Roundtable? People at know from University College London, the Global Affairs Analyst at that place, Dr. Martin McCauley from Chatham House, the joint author of Cyberspace and the National Security of the United Kingdom, Threats and Responses, David Livingston, and the Cyber Warfare Specialist at King's College London, Tim Stevens. Um, Tim. What is cyber warfare? Or, or is it the wrong definition?
1: That's a, that's a very big question, given right, that no you've one's really got too 30 sure if it exists or not. But um, <laughs> yes. essentially, uh, the, the thinking goes with cyber warfare, that um, in the sense of warfare being uh, essentially a means of controlling the resources and activities of, of other nations or entities uh, uh, harnessed to political outcomes, to strategic aims, as it were, uh, cyber warfare is the use of communications technologies, uh, specifically computer networks. Um,
0: So somebody who hacks into my bank account is at the start of cyber warfare in, in a way? Well, the, the, the
1: tools and techniques could be said to be very similar. Yeah, obviously, um, the, out, the aims of the, the intentions of those individuals mm-hmm. or attackers, as you put it, um, would be very different. Um, you know, a, a criminal aiming to extract money from your bank account has uh, necessarily a different intention than, say, a state attempting to extract a, a, a concession, say, from from an adversarial
0: nation or an army. Right, um, uh, David Livingstone. Increasingly, I mean. This, Sort of talking about the bank account. I mean, fat chance of getting anything out of it, anybody. Of mind, anyway, but in- increasingly, there is hardly a thing that we do now without being aware of um, the way we're reliant on computer systems.
2: This this, this is a thing called hyperconnectivity, Christopher. That's cool, and it's what hyperconnectivity? It's right. the way that everything is becoming more and more intrinsically linked um, by ICT, much as uh, Tim says. And of course, you have you know this whole. Uh, spectrum of threats from nation states, ideologues and terrorists and organized criminals and individual hackers, all maneuvering out there in the cyberspace, presenting their various you know, threats to our peaceful existence and our bank accounts and, and, uh, and our web pages and so on. And the trouble is that, that um, the that you can't really sort of indi- individually define all of these into very nice, neat sort of um, neat groups because, for example, um, ideologues and terrorists might use some of the capability. You know, lots of hackers, you know, uh, together to to um, you know uh, to do various things. Organized criminal organized criminals might use sort of th- these. Um, these grouped computers called botnets which then may, may be uh, Hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. Sorry. botnets yes. what does BOT stand for? Um, robot, robotic uh, Network, which is where some malicious software is, is put onto your computer and Tim's computer and my computer Is this a worm some, or some, a trojan? Something like or... it's a trojan and a sort of worm yeah. um, but it's, 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 uh, it shows the multiplicity of threats and, and some of these things can be uh, used by not only uh, individual hackers and by organised criminal gangs but also by nation states themselves.
0: Now, Martin, you don't see it from the pointy heads' view, do you? You see it from from uh, international politics, from governments, from the Kremlin especially, uh, and they they see it quite seriously. But are they just waking
3: up to it, or what? They are waking up to it, and uh, they realise that uh, the next war would be decided. Really, uh, it may be decided by uh, really a cyber war, but also satellites, satellites. If you can take out another country's satellites and you can interfere with uh, computers, you can win the war before the, re- the war really begins. And the interesting thing is that the Chinese... Well, that's
0: why we had, what was it, the 1968 uh, Outer Space treaties, so you couldn't do that sort of thing. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. But the, you, know, you see, the, Ch- the Americans have
3: been doing various things, which the Chinese say... Uh, they apparently had something in space which they took out, and it was, it was a fantastic operation. Uh, and the Americans said, we, 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 that was really civil. Uh, and the Chinese said, no, 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 that was military. What you were t- doing was practicing to see if you could take out one of our satellites in, in case of uh, uh, a very, very tense situation.
0: One of the basic, sort of, basic things that it strikes me is... is People that hack into, let's say, the uh, Department of Defense, the Pentagon, etc., we think they're pretty quite heroes. I I quite like the idea of some uh, 16-year-old sitting in his bedroom in Slough getting into the Pentagon. And it happens, doesn't it, Tim?
1: It does. I mean, this hackers as heroes idea is, 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 is a cultural trope, as it were. It's, it's a theme that runs through popular culture. Um, there's been all sorts of movies, etc., etc. And, and we do love the vigilante who sticks it to the man, there's no doubt. And, of course, there is a very, very strong hacker subculture, um, which <coughs> these days, it has to be said, has an awful lot of overlap with the National Security Committee. If you look at recent conventions in Las Vegas, for example, DEFCON, Black Hat, which traditionally were... Uh, largely hacker conferences they've always had a national security element in fact that's where national security organizations in the u.s. go to recruit and i've been there and i've seen the panels with the guys from the nsa and the cia and dod and etc etc actually standing on platforms asking for these you know these lone hackers as as we 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 read about in the security literature actually being recruited into national security apparatus
3: but the the best hackers are the russians
1: but the Russians have a very long academic and, and practitioner history.
4: Yes. Yeah, they're chess they players this
3: Yeah, they're brilliant. They're brilliant because they, they are brilliant mathematicians. They're brilliant at software. And they were always on the defensive before 1991. Uh, and since 1991, they've been in the defensive. So therefore, they didn't have the resources of the United States. So therefore, they had to be twice as clever. So they had to penetrate. They had to hack in. And obtain the information, and it would appear that they 're now extremely good at it, because uh, in this recent book by Richard Clark on cyber war, he states that in two thousand and seven uh, uh, an unknown intruder, a hacker, infiltrated the networks of the departments of uh, defense and commerce, etc in the United States in the United States and stole material equivalent to the whole uh, um, amount of information in the Library of Congress is this guy reli uh, bomb- Richard Clark yes. Yeah.
1: I have my reservations. I mean, he's, he's, he's largely achieved fame by, by predicting, in inverted commas, 9-11, um, but he has his own agenda, uh, arguably. Um, but there's something but, there in what yeah, he's absolutely. talking Absolutely. I mean, the problem with this whole debate, and I think David touched on this, was that it's sometimes very difficult to draw the lines and it's very easy to extrapolate from certain individual situations and, and suddenly you have sort of a whole societal breakdown. Um, and I'm afraid Richard Clark largely falls into that category. Um, but okay. no, it, it's, it's, you have to sift through it. Okay, let's um, go
0: through some examples. Anybody, I, mean, I think in 2007, Russian cyber attack on Estonia... Yes, what they, happened? Who can tell us? They this? closed it down. They closed it down. Closed what down? The whole computer network. In, in Estonia? In Estonia. And is that why
3: NATO set up its, yes, its cyber
1: up center? No, no, no that was not. already in the pipeline some okay. four, three, four years prior to that. Okay,
3: but even when NATO was set up, the Russians were good enough to close it down. Uh, and uh, I think Estonia recognizes that its resources are not, uh, they're not really capable. Of, of competing What about with the Georgia
0: with the with the intervention in Georgia? They could, they could also
3: do with Georgia. Georgia is way way behind the Russians and so on. So I suspect that in the general staff and the Russian general staff, there is a section which is concerned with the, this type of thing. They don't publish anything, but uh, almost certainly, and they recruit. They probably recruit the best brains,
0: and these fellows are given the task of hacking.
3: Okay,
2: let's let's
0: mm. let's let's talk not quite fantasy, but I want to know. Um, David, what is possible? Could a city be blacked out deliberately?
2: Quite conceivably. Um, Have we ever
0: tried it? Do we know if we tried it just to see what happened?
2: Uh, I don't think anyone Oslo, has. Oslo, for example, no, three not, years ago, not, not through cyber means, um, but we, I think, we understand the implications um, or the potential implications. Um, there was in in the in the physical world there was a uh, an attack on the London electricity. Uh, uh, or an or a, uh, a imminent attack on the London electricity uh, distribution by the provisional IRA in the mid-1990s. Well, electronically? Uh, they were going to bomb the substations. Oh, well, that's a bit different, um, isn't it, bombing? But, but the implications it? thereof, um, are, you know, in terms of, you know, breakdown shows how potentially serious a cyber attack, which, is, which, is, um, which would be relatively more easy to, to carry out, would actually lead to.
0: Tim, hmm. do we know if anybody has done anything which we said, that was it, that was an example of cyber warfare?
1: Outside of classified circles, no is the the basic answer. And I think if there was any strong examples, um, it would be in certain states' interest to actually make that clear. Now, obviously, there's diplomatic implications to doing that, but uh, particularly if you're talking about attempting to deter other states from attacking your, your networked assets and uh, critical infrastructures, there may be some value in saying, look... To them, through certain channels, we know what you've done. But we don't hear about that in, in, in the popular domain, as it were.
0: The Chinese have
3: been accused of, of hacking into the Ministry of Defence here, uh, the Department of
0: Defence in the United States, everywhere and so on. Well, NATO was saying a couple of weeks ago that every single day somebody mm-hmm. tries to mm-hmm. hack in. Mm-hmm.
1: Is that cyber war, though? And I would argue yes. no, it's not. Um, what like, would you
0: say it is, then? Let's get that bit straight.
1: I think, I think cyber war has become this very useful tag to put on something to make it sound an awful lot worse than it actually is. Now, no, no doubt that conducting acts of espionage or exfiltrating information from companies, from national security agencies, et cetera, et cetera, is a an, is, is an very important um, event for the people who undergo this. Um, but I don't think it's war. I, I, I really don't. I, I think war, if you, if you take it in a traditional sense, going back thousands of years, tends to be a political entity Undertaking armed military activities against another political. Okay,
0: entity. Tim. Look, listen. I said right at the beginning: is this perhaps just an extension, or nothing more than ECM or whatever that we've been doing for donkeys' years? Now, just supposing uh, we've got an operation going along, which has its, uh, if you like, a computer uh, a element military to operation. it. Yeah, a military yeah. operation. Somewhere, one of David's trojans or worms have been put in and the operations starts going in a different direction, and it's too late before anybody realises it. That is cyber
1: warfare? Um, ooh, depends where you think cyber warfare is a, is a discrete activity on its own. I, I mean, I would argue that that is part of war. Um, yes. you know, and, and in that sense, you're like right to say that there is a lineage uh, of electronic warfare and also other forms of information warfare, such as subverting the information streams of your opponent.
3: Yeah, no. Because you take China present. China has just set up a cyber centre in the general staff and put the deputy head of the general staff in charge of it. Uh, and one of their problems is to decide what is defensive and what is offensive uh, cyber war. That's one thing. The other thing is they know that they cannot win a conventional or military or nuclear war against the United States. They know that they've accepted that. So, therefore, how are they going to uh, compete with the United States military? The only way is to cripple. Uh, their IT networks, the satellites, and so on. In other words, cyber war to a country like China becomes even more important.
2: Well, I think it extends beyond the military... In terms of cyber war, extends beyond the military domain. And this means... Attacking the nation, the infrastructure, the critical national infrastructure of the nation, the target nation-state as well. Certainly, um, so yeah, I agree with Tim. Is, some of these definitions are really quite difficult. You know, does, the, does a preemptive cyber attack on the air defence system of, of, a, of a of a country is that cyber war? No, it's an element of war in itself. And, and you might as well, say, you know, does this attack come in through the ICT system, or do you, do you drop a bomb through the operations? Okay. Of,
0: well, we've got to therefore get back. Um, to what I was asking right at the beginning, um, because people are going to say, well, hang on, if it's not that, then what is it? What is cyber war?
3: Arguably, arguably, it only starts when you have a a fighting war, when you have
0: guns going and so on, and then it's the means... Well, might it be before that... Well, so that degrade you so much so that then I can go off and do something yes. and you're incapable of doing it. It could
1: be, but there are no concrete examples. And I think this is the real problem for policymakers is that we are talking about something in theory that is, as, as David said, you know, it would perhaps be possible to take out sectors of the critical infrastructure if you knew what you were doing. Let's, let's be very honest. It's a very, very difficult thing to do, no matter what certain people will tell you. Um, You have to know your way around the software systems of the the particular energy grid or or transport network or whatever. Um, But we we haven't got the examples to say that we actually know what cyber war is. You can imagine it as being something whereby... Uh, uh, an adversary would attempt to take out those elements of critical infrastructure, which include things like the internet, includes energy, water, transport, etc., etc., governance, security, military, taking out the the, the communications capabilities of those sectors such that the person you're attacking would not be able to function properly in those sectors. Now, you can imagine that that could be war, in terms of you know one political entity against another, you can imagine that it hasn't happened yet, It doesn't mean it won't. Um, mm. But that's that's the bind for policymakers. Exactly. How do you and, and, you know?
2: And the problem here, uh, Tim, is is because of the the very connected nature of ICT global ICT systems. If you try and target another nation state, because these these systems don't respect national boundaries, you're, you're, the probability of collateral damage beyond the, the, the nation-state that you're attacking is actually very high. Uh, and therefore you, you end up, you know, how does this start to escalate uh, escalate the whole situation?
0: Right. Absolutely. Let's go to Washington, shall we? Uh, and to the Pentagon correspondent of The Times, Mike Evans. Mike, um, the United States has a cyber command, doesn't it, at Fort Meade? It does, indeed. What? When's it operating? I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly new.
4: It's very new. It was set up in, in May, so it is very new. Um, it's got about 1,000 people working there. It's, it's also, by the way, the, uh, the same place where the National Security Agency is set up, and the same guy runs both, which is a, a little bit alarming. General Alexander uh, is in charge of both these uh, operations. Um, I mean, I think the idea behind it is... Is fairly sensible. In other words, it's better to have the whole of uh, the the Pentagon and the the military and the government uh, acting according to the same guidelines, if you like, uh, on protecting classified uh, information and uh, uh, communications and military uh, computerized systems. But on the other hand, um, rather like the guys in supposedly in charge of all the intelligence agencies in this country, uh, it's an impossible job because there are too many different commands doing their own thing. And I think it'll be very difficult to get any sort of total synergy between uh, all the various organizations.
0: So you can't pull together, I can't remember what it was. Somebody said to me once there were 16 intelligence agencies are in
2: Washington. There
4: intelligence agencies, and there's a, there's a, there's a guy who's the um, National Intelligence Director who's supposed to not to be in charge of, but to sort of supervise, if you like, make sure they all work together. Uh, and uh, the, the first guy who was appointed to it uh, once told me that it was an absolutely impossible job, and I think it
0: still is. And he left, didn't he?
4: He did leave. Uh, well, there have been three. Mm. They've, all, they've all left somewhat disillusioned. Uh, I think Cyber Command, uh, w- you know, will probably face the same problem. I mean, all the different American armed services have their own cyber commands of one sort or another um and uh, it will be up to general alexander to try and sort them all out and to make sure that uh, they all work to the same rules but it, it you, you can't build total defense against cyber war by just having impressive looking firewalls uh, there, there are very clever people out there uh, who are capable of uh, with a blink of an eye getting into a computer system and and uh, sending in viruses and and, and causing mayhem, so it's a very difficult thing to sort of put up walls and hope that nothing
0: happens. Michael, tell me, General Alexander's brief then is to defend rather than to also have an attack mode.
4: Supposedly, that is his role. Yes, we're not supposed to be engaged in in cyber warfare, attacking other organisations, other countries. This is purely defending america's computerized systems networks etc from outside uh, hostile acts and uh, it's, a, it's a mammoth job i think
0: and where do you bring in 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 industry the commercial side of this which presumably is the biggest user
4: uh yeah i mean i think i think that's part of it i think it's sort of initially starting off with all the military side but yes of course i mean there's a there's a, there's a Everyone else depends on, on computerized systems. And, uh, I mean, so it will be crucial that everyone conforms to the same sort of standard standards that uh, General Alexander will, will set. Otherwise, the whole thing will will fall apart. I mean, just on the, on the military side, just think of the, you know, all the missions of the unmanned aerial vehicles, the Predators, the Reapers, all the others. They're all absolutely dependent on digital computerized uh, clever, hostile force uh, decided to uh, click into that and uh, put in viruses, uh, then that would have um, unbelievable effects on uh, the operation in Afghanistan, for example.
0: Mike Evans, thank you very much indeed. Um, Tim, do, does the United Kingdom have a cyber command in that sense?
1: Uh, not in name that I'm aware of, but there are units, yes.
0: What are they... I mean, how, do, how are they spread around? Is one at GCHD I'm or not sure, but...
1: Um, um, well... GCHQ, yes. I mean, it has various <coughs> units um, whose, I can remember the acronyms, but not always the uh, the, the words themselves. But um, they do have units that are engaged, uh, MI5 as in MI6.
0: Do um, we know what this Russian business network is that the Russians seem to be using? Anybody know what that is?
1: Well, we know a little bit about it. Um, the Russian business network, RBN, was implicated in the attacks on Georgia in 2008, um, so the suggestion was, unproven, as most of these things are, that, that the Russian state, the GRU and the FSB, the external and internal intelligence agencies, um, basically subcontracted elements of the Russian business network to conduct the attacks on uh, Georgian government websites, etc., etc. Um, and this is, this is one of the, the issues in this whole debate, is how far can you outsource um, the functionality, um, the attack functionality or the espionage functionality, how far can you outsource to third parties who may or may not be organized criminals? But um, certainly this is something we
2: see in China. And and this is one of the problems, is that in, in the end, when you do detect that you are being, you know, there's someone trying to get into your networks and trying to do things to your ICT systems, it's this problem of attribution. Who actually is at the other end of of this attack? And when you start to outsource, and when when your hacker is acting on behalf of a state, but he's actually in a in some uh, some kind of halls of residence in in China somewhere, but he's he's acting doing his reconnaissance. Uh, how do you actually say that is uh, we lay that one at the door of the Chinese government? And, a yeah, so the So
3: The Russians have the advantage. The GIU and, and FSB have the advantage uh, of a worldwide uh, Russian business community, and they have made clear to this community that if they wish to continue in business, they should cooperate.
0: But that's uh, what they've always done, haven't they? I mean, well, the, KG, the KGB did that. I mean, the, the KGB FSB. didn't,
3: as far as I know, didn't outsource. Uh, they kept it within their own uh, community. But you have the situation now where the has and hasn't got, haven't got the money and they haven't got the facilities, so therefore you've got the, the uh, Russian business, the oligarchs and all the others worldwide, uh, and uh, if they wish to continue in Russia, if they wish to continue their business and so on and so forth... I don't see ha- how
0: that ties in with this sort of cyber uh, war thing because they could do that anyway.
3: No, well, then the GRU could say if uh, Estonia or Latvia, Lithuania, any other country, uh, okay, we'll have a group there which will then uh, uh, interfere with the uh, uh, computer system of that country.
0: Right. Tell me more, um, Tim, about um, the Cooperative Cyber Defence Centre of Excellence, as it's called, the um, CCDCE, in uh, Estonia. I mean, why was that set up?
1: It was set up because NATO, like its member states, was very concerned about potential threats to its systems and to the systems of its, of its members. Um, and it was set up to be, as it states, a centre of excellence for uh, research. What does it actually do? It's a very good question. Um, it has com- a lot of conferences, uh, a lot of workshops, oh. it has a lot of outreach, and in cybersecurity, and I'm sure David's very well aware of this, um, one of the, the real issues is about trust. Um, and when trust it, between, between between the private and public sectors because mm-hmm. there's so much overlap um, and b- between the individual actors within those spaces um, trust is one of the ways that you as in business you get things done you, you meet people, you shake hands you, you go to dinner with them and I, I suspect the CCDCOE does an awful lot of that um, but it, it has a lot of visiting delegations I mean uh, I think it was last year March of last year the House of Commons uh, Defence Select Committee went over there They would, wouldn't they?
0: They would, they would. i would have a good junket. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) talent, yeah. In the beautiful city. Yeah, Yeah, I bet they didn't go in the winter.
2: (laughs) But But, but I'd like to come to to that point that Tim made about sort of, um, you know, this is lots of conference and talking, you Mm. know, talking shops and things like that. The problem is it's the understanding of what the actual problem is at the moment is in a relatively immature stage. And I don't see any harm that people are putting their ideas out on the table. You know, the growth of ICT, information communications technology, over the past 20 years has been absolutely Meteoric. We have not kept up with with the potential about you know the vulnerabilities that are actually inside this. The internet has been built uh, for availability, not security. For example, you know the, everything um, that you know in in ICT is making it relatively more easy for the bad guys to exploit it rather than the good guys to actually defend or provide security. There has got to be a step change in how we deal with things like cyber security throughout that spectrum of the that yeah, Right. Mentioned. Can I just
0: interrupt you there? So, would you say, for example, a terrorist organisation or a demo uh, using the internet to um, organise, I don't know, protest in Seattle or whatever, is that starting to creep towards the definition of in, in, uh, one of the definitions of cyber warfare?
2: I would. Doubt? Well, I mean, it really depends. I personally, I would say, you know, things like, um, uh, let's say, uh, you know, coordination of your right to protest and freedom of association, and so on. But if you are Taliban,
0: um, you might say, my right to protest in the way I do it, I can actually issue orders or, or rally or issue a fatwa over the uh, on, a, on a website. Where does that come in? Was that just confusing? That, that,
2: well, that, come, that, you know, that is the use of the internet in order to promote your, your, glo- your globalizing uh, you know, Islamism or, or whatever. Is that cyber warfare in itself? No, no. We come back to the point where it is part of a warlike, you know, warfare campaign, if you can call globalizing terrorism warlike. You know, it's a component of that is exploitable in order to achieve your ends. In terms of this, this concept of cyber warfare, I don't think we've defined it. I, you know, there is There is okay. We're going to have more talking shots. We're going to have more conferences. <laughs> what is that cyber warfare?
0: I mean, do we need to? I mean, we, it, are we doing it? Does this mean it anyway? where we could
2: actually uh, just disband all of our tank regiments and all of our, you know, send all our infantry off to be retrained to be computer hackers because we can we can marshal them in one massive attack on our enemy to bring down their ICT systems? Well, I very much doubt that. It's part of that conflict spectrum that you would use. Whether you would. Use Use it as a single entity, in order to deliver your uh, to deliver your so-called military.
0: Okay, listen. I sit here, and I imagine cyber warfare. I imagine somebody sitting in a NASA-type environment, uh, or rows and rows of guys sitting there with screens in front of them, and they are looking at, let's say, uh, I know, let's say, Russian systems, or they're looking at somebody else's systems. They're looking at. Um, operational um, plans for, I don't know, the 16th Shock Army or, 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 or whatever, and they know that if that starts to move, we can jam all their supplies, so they've got no going no fuels going to come up, so they can't go anywhere. Have I got it completely wrong? But isn't that part what we imagine cyber warfare could be about, Tim?
1: I think it could be part of it. Um, uh, there is this, David's mentioned, I think, it's the word spectrum, and I, I think that's a very important thing to bear in mind, is that lots of things could be cyber warfare, but very few things are. But lots of things could be information warfare in the broader spectrum, which is more what you're talking about, mm. the Taliban, for example, or another insurgency group, another insurgent group, um, sort of mobilising ris- supporters or whatever. Um, cyber warfare itself, but you're not going to see most of it, um, because it really will be conducted through the, you know, the pipes, as it were, of the Internet. Um, you're really not going to see most of it until... Things stop working
0: okay um, listen where's the future because I mean i mean, don't I mean not just humoring my sort of uh, uh, sci fi image of it uh, David, where is the future of this thing going let 's say in the next five, ten years that will change our perceptions of it
2: in terms of I think what well, the, the, the key thing is to, to create a better understanding you know what what are, what are the vulnerabilities that you are exposed to through the cyber domain? That will hinder you if those vulnerabilities are a found and b exposed uh, when it comes down to um, tension between two potentially warring parties.
0: Tim, I
1: have a very pessimistic view of the future in this space, to be frank. Um, and I think the the uh, the onus will be such on states to protect their systems to such a degree that largely a lot of civilian interaction with those systems is going to be heavily regulated. Having said that, there'll be an awful lot of space around the edges for people to, to nip away at it, um, and I think that's where most people are going to be. States in the middle, people around the edges.
0: Right. Uh, and one day, a United Kingdom cyber command? Undoubtedly. How long? Six months. Agreed. Six months? Mm-hmm. We'll have it in six months? Something when we call that,
1: because that's not the sort of bombastic nomenclature that the UK military will employ. Civilian? Military.
0: Military. Now, how is he going to get through that? Into Capability's
1: this? already there. I mean, all the, all the heads of the, the major armed services have said this.
0: OK, let's go for it. That's it for this week. My thanks to Martin McCauley, David Livingston and Tim Stevens. We'll be back same time next week, 4.30 UK time. I'm Christopher Lee. Guess what? Mary? Mary's in the hut. Citra with
4: Christopher Lee.